Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Stand up, Luke chapter 8, and we're going to read verse 4 in the New International Version through verse 21. Are you ready? While a large crowd was gathering, the people were coming to Jesus from town after town. He told this parable, verse 5. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more Then was sown. Wow, someone say a hundred times more. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Let's go ahead and say that together. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Verse 9, the disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not They may not understand. He quotes Isaiah, verse 11 now. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with noble and a good heart. That's the one you want. You want a noble and a good heart who hear the word and retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Verse 16, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on the stand so that those who come in may see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to hear him because of the crowd, get near him because of the crowd. Some told him, verse 20 now, your mother and your brothers are standing outside waiting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you did in the first service. Now in the second, we pray, move in great power. Would you lay hands on your own heart and ask God to speak to you? Lord, speak to us. Give us living understanding. Release all that's in your heart towards us, your people, all those that will listen at a later date on Spotify and YouTube, the podcast on the web page, in the web stream, on Facebook. Move in power. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Say hi to three people and say, you're never going to be the same after today. Go ahead. Tell them. You're never going to be the same. Come on. Come on. Tell, tell three more people, I'm going to live my best life. Tell them. I'm going to live my best life. Come on, say it. I'm going to live my, my best life. Now, commonly as, as a way of discipling and teaching you and imparting to you, we have notes. And uh, I had someone say, notes are not in anymore. Everything's gone electronic. Well, that's, that's nice. I, we pass out notes anyway. That's how I was discipled and mentored. And we've found that if you take notes, you'll retain it more. And so I usually pass you out notes that have blanks. We'll be putting notes up on the screen. But our, our printer, as our anointed pastor Kirsten said, has given up the ghost. Our printer died, and uh, we'll have to be getting that fixed. But go ahead and take notes. It is uh, our deep desire and prayer that God himself would come and write on the tablet of your heart with his own finger. Living your best life. That, that term, that, that phrase for the, this new series, I'm going to live my best life, comes from 2005, uh, a show where it was like, live your best life. And it, it's become something, how many of you heard that before? Influencers on Instagram uh, are using that term to, to say, you know, live up to your potential. I mean, don't wait, just do, do your all right now. Live your best life right now. And then usually there's a picture of avocado toast, you know, and it says, I'm living my best life. For breakfast, it's avocado toast. Or there's like a super green drink smoothie and that it's like my best life. Okay, so I think it's more than a smoothie. I think it's more than avocado toast. Living your best life is living the blessed life. Living your best life is living blessed by God. Can somebody say that's right? If you'll uh, go ahead and write this down and put it up on the screen. You know, God is not obligated today to reveal anything to you. He's not obligated to reveal anything to me because we decided to come to church. Sometimes we come and want somebody to pat us on the back. And the truth is, I'm happy to pat you on the back. I'm really glad you're here. But God doesn't reveal truth to casual observers. He reveals truth to those who are hungry. He reveals truth, the secret of the Lord. Psalm 25, let me read this to you, verse 14. The secret of the Lord he confides with those who fear him. So the fear of the Lord is a key that unlocks revelation. Now, the fear of the Lord is not the fear like the boogeyman. The fear of the Lord is, is all mixed with reverence for God. You hold God in, in the highest possible regard. That, that love, that awe mixed with reverence for God. If you have that, it's a key for unlocking wisdom and revelation, secrets. He spoke in parables to hide truth which I didn't like when I first heard, but then I thought, well, whatever. I want to hear what? God. Jeremiah 29. He says in verse 13, the weeping prophet Jeremiah gives the word of the Lord to those who are in captivity. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Psalm 34 and 4, I sought the Lord. And he answered me, and he delivered me out of all of my fears. You see, if we don't learn to seek him, don't learn to get hungry, don't, 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 come on. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. So many people, including myself, we can at times not have ears to hear and a heart to respond, and we can be a people 
that are maybe dull. I think just about every person who's gone to church for any length of time have heard a message on the the seed and the sower here in Luke 4. But God wants to make us fruitful. God wants you to have a blessed life, but you need to partner with Him. He wants to produce supernatural blessings in your life. In fact, they sowed and received a hundredfold. The hundredfold is a picture of what God can do with somebody who's willing to just obey. Come on, God wants to give you the supernatural of God. Come on, somebody say, God's going to give me a supernatural life. Come on, I'm going to live my blessed, my best life. And your best life is the blessed life. In your marriage, with your children, with your, your family, with your relationships. All right. How do I live my best life? There's some key verses here. Verse 8, verse 15, verse 21. But I'm going to give you five things of how to live your best life. How to be fruitful. How to be fruitful with your life. All of us are given 24 hours in a day. And you're not promised tomorrow. So let's all apply these things. The first thing, five things on how to have the straight fire life. How to have the blessed life. How to have your, your best life. Five things from the text. Well, the first thing is hear the word and obey it. I want you to say that. Hear the word and obey it. It says in John that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, full of grace, the Word became flesh. The Word is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. So if you're going to hear the Word and obey it, because he says he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's talking about soils and conditions of our heart. He's talking about the seed that's sown, God's Word. And if the Word is Jesus and Jesus is the Word, hear the Word and obey it. I want to say, number one, in doing that, you've got to walk with Jesus every day. I said, walk with Jesus every day. And when I wake up for morning prayer, which by the way, is like one of my least favorite things to do. I, I'm not like, oh, oh yes. I know some of you are like, woo, you wake up praying in tongues, power God all over you. Hey, watchmen on the wall. You're ready to go. That's not the way it is for me. I wake up, I'm like, Lord, can someone else go? And then I usually hear leaders lead. Okay, God. I wake up in the morning, I, I endeavor and I, I try to do this, and I've done it for decades. I wake up and I try to let the first words coming out of my mouth, across my vocal cords as they vibrate, Jesus. So at the first thing that, you know when you're like, <clears throat> your first word, I try to let that be Jesus. And then for years, I would wake up and do this, Jesus. I'd sit up, my Lord, my God. Oh my king, my everything. I worship you. And I stand up and I said, I worship you. You're great, God. No matter what my physical body's feeling, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overtrained. Maybe, 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 maybe my avocado toast is burnt. You know, I mean, no matter what. Hear the word and obey. Everybody say, hear the word and obey. Walking with Jesus. The second thing I see in hearing the word and obey it is the, the word is the scriptures. The word is the word of God. Scriptures. Learning the Word, studying the Word. It's, it's a lifetime event. I remember meeting a young man uh, in a mental hospital, and he asked me what book I had in my hand. I said, it's a Bible. He said, oh, yeah, I read that. I was like, 
I've read it too. And I read it every year through. I have a, a systematic reading and I've encouraged you to do that. And I, and I still, it, it might not be January 1st, but this is the first day of the rest of your life. How about you commit to reading the word? How about you commit to studying the word? How about you commit to memorizing the word? Studying the word, hear the word and obey it. If you never, come on, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more you hear God's word, it'll produce in you faith. And so studying the scriptures, you know, in the monastic movement, they used to talk about uh, what is called the the kisses of the word. Now, if you can't quite connect with what that means, it might be that you've never been impacted by the word like that. When God speaks to you through his word, when you're reading it, it comes off the page and it hits your heart and it's an answer to what you were praying about or it comforts you for some loss. Or you go, It's just like, man, God just spoke to me. The kisses of the word. Every one of us need to know what that is. The word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Romans 1 and 16 says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God. The gospel, the power of God. It's really bringing me to the next point which is the word. Dr. Remedios. Hey, we love you. I'm standing in front of about 400 people and uh, we are so excited about you being here on Wednesday. And uh, why don't you say hi to everybody? Hold on, let me put it on speakerphone. Go ahead, say hi, Doc. Yes, may the Lord, the glory of the Lord cover y'all today. May his presence dwell within your hearts and Come on, lift your hands you. to Jesus. I declare healing, strength, deliverance, empowering by the Holy Ghost. You shall be endued with power and authority. Hallelujah. By the name of our glorious King Jesus. May his presence saturate the house today. May you, there will be a before and after this meeting today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. fire of God. Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, say amen. amen. Please take it. There you go. Dr. Remedios, uh, I'll take a moment to... Say he's been used by God. He's part of the frontline doctors. Some of you know what that is. He's been used by God to save thousands and thousands of lives from COVID-19 and the effects of it. And if it wasn't for him, I might not be standing here. God used him uh, and others. And of course, your prayers about a year ago where I got COVID, that thing tried to kill me. I got double pneumonia and God brought me out. I stand here as a testimony of God's goodness. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. He will be here Wednesday night, one night this coming Wednesday. He's straight fire, tremendous prophetic gift. We don't have enough chairs. It's going to fill up early. You want to be here Wednesday. Okay. What are we talking about? Oh, I I remember. I remember. Hearing and obeying. Do you know there's no substitute for being in a service like this where God's word is preached? under an unction. Now, God's word goes forth and doesn't return void, no matter who's reading it or saying it. But there's something about being in a place where God's word is preached, coming under the preached word, coming under the presence and the power of God. It changes you. I said, it changes you. 
You'll hear this message and it, it'll have an effect inside you if you have ears to hear and a heart to respond. And so really, it's even more than that. It's, it's hearing and obeying, I think, also means being a part of a local church. Now, if you don't have a local church, this is a great one. There are, other, there are other churches around town. You be led by the Lord. You want to go where he tells you to go. But this is a great church. If you don't have a home church, make this one. I know a guy here. I know a few people. It's a great church, great leaders. It's healthy and has been. Been here 15 years. We're going to celebrate that next, next, next week, I think it is. And there's something about not only hearing the preached word, but being in relationship with people that serve God. You know, Pastor Ann's on the front row. Been a part of our church for 41 years. This amazing woman of God. We watched you. I said the first service, I'll say it again. We watched you, Pastor Ann. We watched you turn the other cheek. We watched you deal with mean, ugly, arrogant, bitter people. And, and sometimes it was us. We, we, we watched how you, we watched you navigate difficult scenarios. And we thought, man, that's gotta be like, that's like Jesus. I watched Dr. Morocco and the decisions he made and how he, how he dealt with things under pressure. I watched how he was this, uh, a husband to his wife, Pastor Colleen, watched how, how she was a woman of God and how she served him. And we watched marriages. I got saved in this church. So we watched, we watched that. We watched Pastor Brian. I'm going to go on to give a list. But hearing and obeying is more than just hearing and obeying in your own mind, in your own life. It's watching other people hear and obey and gleaning. Listen, I remember Pastor Gannon. He was such a goof. And I thought, my gosh, this guy's got issues. But he was one of our pastors. I remember him getting up and sharing his testimony. When he shared his testimony, I was beyond broken. It was before I met Pastor Karen. I'm sitting three quarters of the way back. He shared his testimony. And when he shared his testimony, I thought, gosh, if that guy can do it, then I think I can make it too. I'm aware that in my life that I am to model what it is to be a man of God, a model what it is to be a husband, model what it is to be someone who prays, model what it is to be a leader. Come on, it's important to hear and obey, but it's more, it's more than just walking with Jesus every day and studying his word. It's literally being a part of a place where he's modeled and demonstrated everywhere in your life. You know, in the local church, it's so important. The word of God is preached. There's a release of God's power. Hallelujah. All right. Number two, five things on how to live your best life. Five things on how to have a fruitful life. Number one, hear the word and. Hear the word and. Number two, don't let the devil harden your heart. I was interviewing Pastor Ann on my program. It's called ETS, which stands for Eat the Scroll. And... uh, We've been doing that pre-COVID, before COVID broke out. We've been doing a 12.30 in the afternoon, Monday through Saturday. Sometimes we have technical difficulties and conflictive schedule, but mostly it's at 12.30, uh, Monday through Saturday. And um, there's many times we're getting in the Word and teaching, and in part of it, we've done series on there, and it's just been great, and it goes all over the world. So we interviewed Pastor Ann, and uh, I think I asked her, and you can go look at it. It's on Facebook. It's on YouTube. 
I asked her, so what's like the secret of longevity in ministry? And she said, without blinking, oh, it's keeping your heart right. See, because there's a lot of opportunities to, to, to lose it. Your heart needs to be thick and thin, thin towards the presence of God, thin towards conviction, thin towards God's urging, his leading, his guiding, and thick towards people who say things and do things and let you down or maybe try to offend you. Don't ever get offended. Come on, if you, if you allow yourself to get offended, then you'll end up one of these soils that doesn't produce the kind of fruit, doesn't have a kind of a fruitful life that you want. Jesus spoke about soil. Verse 12. Don't let the devil harden your heart. The Hebrew and Greek words for defining hardening of heart is, and also includes, being stubborn, rebellious, dull, and blind. Wow. So, I mean, you're here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach and impart something to you so that you can have your best life, a blessed life, a life of fruitfulness. Life, in, life is supposed to be more than watching TV, going to sleep, getting up, going to work, and eventually getting your paycheck to come back to watch more TV, you know, surf the internet a little bit and do it all over again. It, it's more than that. It's making an eternal difference. Oh, my. Some of you are here and you're sleeping right now because you worked all night. And you said, but I'm going to go to church. And, and you came, and I commend you for that. Some of you fall asleep anytime the word is opened. And I would call that a spirit of slumber. There's actually a demon spirit called a spirit of slumber. And I, how do you know if that's been affecting you? If every time you open the word to read it and study, say, okay, I'm going to read my word. I'm going to journal. I'm gonna, and then the second you do it, you're within the first paragraph or so, you're tired. And you're like, man, I just got to take a nap. Yeah, that's a slumber thing that the enemy wants you to go to sleep. We need to hear and obey. And I, I love telling this story. Dr. Morocco told it first, and it's from his life. He was working very hard, and he was invited to be a part of Benny Hinn's uh, meeting. And so he came to the meeting with Pastor Colleen, and he was asked to be up on the platform. And so he's up on the platform with Pastor Colleen, but he was so tired from having, you know, a, he's the hardest worker I know, that he started nodding, falling asleep. He's like, Jesus, help me. He's trying not to fall asleep. And Pastor Colleen said, Jimmy, what's wrong with you? He said, I'm tired. And he said, as he was going through the meeting, he thought, I could just fall out in the spirit. <laughs> be on the floor and get some rest. But he knew that was not the Lord and he didn't do that. Right? <laughs> Verse 13. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy, but when they hear it, but they have no root. Mm. They have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Oh God, let us be rooted and grounded in the word. That's a scripture. She would be rooted and grounded to know the hope of your calling. So many people I've seen get touched by God, and, and yet they turn and they get Hard-hearted. Pharaoh hardened his heart in Exodus 9. And then judgment comes where God hardens his heart. You don't ever want to harden your heart. You want to keep it pliable before the Lord. If you're going to produce fruit, if you're going to live your best life, you have to have a heart of a, of a good, noble heart where you hear the word and respond, where you hear the word and obey. You, you don't let 
yourself to get a hardened heart. Here's some of the ways, five ways the enemy makes our heart hard. We refuse to listen. I found this problem in my own life that I have to be careful. We call it selective listening. My wife is fully aware of it, where she'll be talking to me and I don't, I hear the words coming out of her mouth, but I'm not listening. Does that make sense? And uh, I don't do that on purpose, but I, I sometimes, I don't, I don't know, I, sometimes I hear the things I want to hear. Okay, let's pray for all the men in the house right now. Father, you help us right now. See, men are somewhat dull, which is great when you have to go to war. It's great, God forbid, you had an intruder or something that needs to be confronted. It's great to have a man who just rise up and charge that thing with a water pistol and take care of it, or maybe a real pistol. It's not so great to have a dull man when you're trying to have a conversation about your emotions and stuff. I have had selective hearing, and I'm, I'm doing better. Uh, I think, I believe, I hope, I pray. I remember Pastor Karen telling, telling the kids, or, or Daniel's calling me, Dad, 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 and I'm reading something, and I can kind of hear in the background, Dad, And then I hear Pastor Karen say, your father can't hear you right now. And then usually I snap out of it. Or Pastor Karen says, Pastor, I'm a guest. Some of us have selective hearing when it comes to the, the word. You listen to part of it, but you don't listen to the part that hurts. You don't listen to the part that convicts. Uh, we, we, we need to make sure that we don't refuse to listen because you can get a hard heart. Another way we get a hard heart is choosing to not obey. So you heard it, but you're like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. You choose to disobey. If you keep choosing to disobey, your relationship with the Lord will be cut off. And you'll end up in, in despair. We forget what God has done. Don't ever forget. Don't, don't get spiritual amnesia. Don't forget what God has done. And if you're just hearing it's your first service, you're like, man, I, I need him to do something. You're in the right place. But some of you can point to the day when he set you free, point to the day when he spoke to you and he helped you and he healed you and he brought you out of despair and hopelessness and rejection. Come on, somebody. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, says the Psalms. Come on, somebody give God thanks right now, which is another point. Which is the, the, the next point, really. Don't forget what God has done and be thankful. Be thankful. Our worship team, they practice for hours, come up here and their hope is that through their exuberance, not performance, exuberance and love for God, this is not a performance. In fact, a performance-orientated worship makes me get sick. It has to be something that's genuine before the Lord. And that's what, that's what that was this morning. You know, we hope, right? And the idea is that they, through their worship leading, you would get out of yourself. They're like, come on. He's like, come on, clap your hands. You clap your hands. You get out of yourself and you begin to fix your gaze on the author and the finisher and the perfecter. You begin to lift your voice and focus not on you and your burnt avocado toast. You begin to focus on Jesus as, as the glorious Jesus that he is. You begin to focus on the kingdom, but before you know it, he inhabits the praises of his people. You begin to feel liberty. You begin to feel joy. You begin to feel freedom. Don't ever lose an attitude of gratitude. Give them, give them thanks right now all across this place. Come on. Come on. Come on. He's a good God. 
And I, the, the third thing in, in watching out for the devil giving you a hardened heart is don't ever get bitter. Don't get bitter, get better. Hebrews 12 and 15, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. That's quite a scripture that destroys that neo-Calvinism. Neo-Calvinism is the once saved, always saved idea. And at its extremes, uh, everybody's saved, whether they repent or not. That's the extreme of that. So that you, so like Jesus loves you. He died for the sins of all the world. You're part of the world. Your sins are forgiven. So you can live like it however you want to. That's not even biblical. This scripture is amazing because it says that you can actually miss the grace of God. I don't want to miss anything. And you can miss the grace of God and bitterness can well up on the inside of you. Bitterness says, I deserve better. Bitterness says, I want, I want justice. Bitterness is, demands its own way. Listen, God is on the throne. And one day, there will come what is called the judgment seat of the believers. In fact, five different judgments, which we've talked about before. One of them is the judgment seat of the believer. It's where you and I will stand before God to give an account for all of our words. As saved Spirit-filled, blood-bought believers, you will still give an account. And in that account, you're saved by grace, but you're rewarded by your works. So that makes every second of your day count. Come on. So if you weren't done right, somebody did you wrong, pray, turn the other cheek. Sometimes people need to be sued. Let me run that through one more time. You guys are looking at me like, I thought believers aren't supposed to sue each other. Well, that's true. That's true. You should work it out. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of scripture and you should, um, you know, work things out and mediate. I've mediated for people that had an agreement with somebody and it didn't go right and they worked it out and they came and, you know, brought uh, healing and reconciliation. But other times people are going to take advantage of you and they'll rip you off and they'll go rip off 10 other people after they finish ripping you off. So I'm of the, of the, uh, of the belief that if somebody has this thing that they're constantly taking advantage of people, I feel anointed to stop them. I'm not going to let anybody run roughshod over, over me or over you. One of the greatest memories I have is uh, of Dr. Morocco being a shepherd was when we were in Israel, we had two people from the Alaska church, 2015, I think. We had two people from the Alaska church that did money exchanging uh, at the, uh, uh, what gate was that? The Jaffa gate in, in Israel, in Jerusalem. And they exchanged money and they got ripped off. They overcharged them and they ripped them off. And they didn't realize it until we got back to the hotel. And so they said, we've been ripped off. I said, well, let's see what we can do. Talk to a doctor. You know, we're going to take the tour another way. We weren't supposed to go back that way. So we changed the plan so we could go back and confront the money changers. They still got money changers over there. So we, we go there. I'm, we go to the window, and there's these guys, and there's all these uh, Israeli guards, submachine guns everywhere. I mean, it's a pretty intense environment. And there's all this clashing between you know, it's just very intense. And there's people being stabbed and all kinds of stuff going on at that. In fact, somebody got stabbed, I think, that day. So we're standing there. I'm with Dr. Morocco, and he's a much bigger, much more authority than I have. And he's standing there, and I'm with Dr. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And he's like, yeah, hey, you guys took advantage of one of our people. You need to pay their money back. 
and uh, showed him the receipt, showed him the error, and the two ladies are behind him going, yeah, that's right, we need our money back. And he's like, so you need to, and the guy says, oh, no, we didn't take advantage. And Dr. Morocco says, pats one hand on the table and says, you're not going to take advantage of my people. You need to pay the money back. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You need to pay the money back. <laughs> and so the guy says one more time, he says, we're not giving you any money. We didn't take, but he couldn't even finish his sentence. Dr. Morocco takes his hand and pounds the glass like a man. I don't mean a cute kind of pound. And it wasn't like cute little, little things we have now that are separating sp- spittles. We're talking like a piece of glass, like bulletproof glass. Wham! You're not going to take advantage of my people. Do you understand me? The guy's like, ah! And the people with the submachine guns all turn. Attention goes. He's like, no problem, sir. We're just gonna, and he starts doing computing everything when he gave their money back. Listen, sometimes you need to stand up. It's like super shepherd. Plus, he's Italian, so you're not quite sure what's going to happen after that. I don't know how we got onto that, but just uh, enjoy that as an isolated hole. I want to say also that, you know, the people that without root, they get touched by God and have an encounter with God and uh, an emotional, I put it this way, on purpose. We have emotional experiences in God, but we must be committed to growing in the knowledge of the Lord. Or we fail at the time of testing. I have seen it. I've been pastoring for over 20 years. I have seen this over and over and over and over again. <laughs> I love picking on myself. All these illustrations I can apply to my own life. Jesus, help me. Got so touched by God. I'll just pick on me. It could apply for some of you and others that are not here because they had no root. Got powerfully touched by God, filled with the Spirit, on fire. And in my mind, I knew God was going to do this thing for me. And when that didn't happen, I turned my back on Him and I stopped serving Him for eight months of pure hell on earth. Now, without going into all those details, I finally came to my senses because there was a church, Pastor Ann and my beautiful mother and so many people that were interceding for me. I came back to my, it's before I was a pastor. It's before I was a life group leader. And I decided that he is the Lord of everything in my life. And I, and I learned, started learning the word. I'm all for having rolling around in oil, getting touched by God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's okay. You Listen, somebody said, well, that's emotionalism. Oh, zip it. God is emotional, and he's moved. Jesus wept, shortest verse in all of Scripture. He feels deeply. You feel deeply. You're made in his image. Now, you don't live your life based on your emotions because emotions come and go. But the word of the Lord will endure forever. And if you build your life on God's word, you will have encounters where God touches you and encourages you and fills you with his presence where you might weep, you might laugh, you might run around the building. But in the end, you have to obey. You have to develop root. That's what's happened for us. And I'm still putting deep roots down. Some people don't have roots. And and then when it doesn't go their way in a time of testing, they turn and they get a hard heart. I don't want a heart like that. Come on, someone say, I don't want a heart like that. No, I want a good, noble heart. James 1 and 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. My, my, my. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may become mature and complete, not lacking anything. God, help us to grow up. Now, there's like 50-year-old children. 40-year-old children, 30-year-olds that are children. Don't, don't 
It's okay to be a child at 30. Just don't stay that way. Get changed. Grow. Mature. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, grow up. You're going to go through a test, and when you go through it, you know, an interesting thing happened. I, I don't like tests, but I sure like what they do for my walk. I don't, I don't like going through trials, but oh, I love what it does for my walk with the Lord. It pushes me to go deeper, pushes me to prayer, pushes me, and then you're going to go through things. You know, we went through COVID, as I said earlier, COVID-19, that thing tried to kill me and Pastor Karen. Do you know when we hear of people that have COVID-19, we are all over it. We pray differently because, well, it's because, it's because of 2 Corinthians 1 and 3. Listen to this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we, we ourselves have received from God. There's something beautiful about going through difficulty because when you come out the other side, you can help other people. Listen, it's more than just about your life. It's about others. It's about, it's about releasing God's kingdom in the earth. Come on, someone say yes. All right, I'm almost done. Worship team, would you come? Don't lose your focus. It's thorny soil. Worries. Worries about money, worries about relationship, worries about this and about that. Some of you fabricate all kinds of things. Don't worry, trust God. We got a call last night, difficult phone call. Potentially, potentially very difficult. You know, life on the line kind of phone call. So we prayed, we prayed, we prayed. God, I've got peace. I got peace relatively quickly. And I'm like, it's going to be all right. I told Pastor Karen, I said, it's good. It's all right. And she says, all right. But she wasn't quite done yet. So she prayed a little bit more, prayed a little bit more until she popped out the other side. It's called praying through. And then guess what? We slept like babies. And guess what happens this morning? Everything's good. You see, you'll go through things. And you, you, you have to, don't let those things worry you. Some of you wring your hands. Don't wring your hands. Lift your hands. Change your focus on, on you. What are we going to do? Oh, my God. What, are we gonna, what do you mean? What are you going to do? You're born again. If they're not born again, well, that's a real problem. They, they need to get saved. They need to have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life because if they die in that condition, they go to hell. That's clear. That's a big problem. You need to pray to make sure. I don't worry about my life. I'm not, I'm not given to fear, given to worry. And it can kind of come on you. It can be a thorn. The thorns try to choke you out. Shift your focus. Shift your focus and focus on Jesus. Worship him and love him with all your heart. Don't let those things get into your heart. Drive them out. Pleasure is another thing. The epicenter, by the way, of pleasure is the throne of God. Did you hear me right? You know what an epicenter is? It's the place where the earthquake origin of the earthquake. The epicenter or the origin of pleasure is from the throne. He's the one that designed it. It's not a curse. Pleasure is, is from the Lord. Now, having it fulfilled the Lord's way is how that's supposed to take place. But some of you have made pleasure an idol, so you run after that thing. 
No, you, you love God with all your heart and he releases these blessings of God, the pleasures of God. At his right hand says Psalm, I believe, 16. There's pleasures forevermore. But don't let pleasure become an idol. Don't let money become an idol. Don't let the thorns, the cares of this world become an idol. Worship God. Don't let anything pull you away. And persevere. Persevere. You continue to persevere. And God will make you fruitful. God will bring forth your best life. Your best life. A text that says it. If we don't use what we have, then it'll be taken away. That Somebody say, yep, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. That's exactly right. Please don't take that too far. But if you're faithful in the little things, it makes you ruler over much now and in the age to come. Some of you need to learn to be faithful. You learn to be faithful and use what you have. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.